everyone. Welcome to the Film for Fans podcast, the podcast from movie fans for movie fans. I am your host, Ryan Dunleavy, and I am joined by my co-host, Rob Dunham. What is up, people? Uh, LAFC today for Rob Dunham. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Just uh, I like the black. Yeah. It's a cool, it's a cool look, I think. Yeah. But everyone oh, thinks that's a YouTube shirt. <laughs> and they're like, I watch YouTube, and I'm like... Yeah, me too, but that's not what it's for. No, it's not. <laughs> it is something to say, though, when the ads really are the most prominent part of the soccer jersey. It's kind of unfortunate, but that's, yeah. uh, that is what it is. It's the world that we live in. Yeah. As the killers would say. Indeed. <laughs> You're going to see the killers, right? I am. The end of next month, nice. September 27th. Nice. Philadelphia. Yeah, pretty stoked. I'm hoping to see the national next month, so... That's uh, nice. that's what I'm hoping for. But this is not a music podcast, unfortunately. We could Shame. definitely do a long podcast of music. It is, a, however, a movie podcast. And for tonight's episode, we are going to do our box office review. We are going to discuss what the heck DC should do with The Flash. Uh, we will review summer movie season and, of course, our watch list. All right, Rob. Let's start off with the box office. You made a comment last week, and I wasn't sure about it, but clearly you were right. I sang an epitaph for Top Gun Maverick falling out of the top five, only for it to dramatically return the next week. Not only return, but be number two in the box office. Number two. Yes, (laughs) that's right. Last weekend, Bullet Train for the second straight week was number one with 13.4 million. And Top Gun Maverick back in the top five at number two, 7.1 million. DC League of Super Pets at seven. Thor Love and Thunder at 5.4. And Nope at 5.4. Nope has crossed the $100 million barrier. Rob, man, Top Gun. I mean, it took yeah, advantage it's... of a weak box office this weekend, but still. Yeah, seeing what else is out there, I just thought it was probably inevitable that it would be back in the top five. I didn't think it would be all the way back up to number two. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's just ridiculous. That is still making $7 million. Yeah. And we'll get to this when we get to the summer movie review. But it's weird to me how late summer there's just no movies. It's weird. So, of course, Top Gun went back in. Because if you wanted to go see the movies last weekend, it's like, which of the movies I've already seen do I want to go see? Mm -hmm. But interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're all quality movies in the top five. It's just they've all been out for a minimum of two weeks. (laughs) You know, Bullet Train was two weeks. It was number one. You know, DC League of Super Pets was three. But, you know, 12 weeks. See, this is when Sony should have re-released Morbius. Yeah. <laughs> what are the studios thinking, man? And I, th- I think you're right. Had they released Prey? Yeah. That yeah. totally would have made box office bank, especially yeah. in this bankrupt movie box yeah. office from August. It's crazy. So did the movie Fall even come out? That's yeah, it that's what I'm curious did. about. It did actually. <laughs> You might not know it by box office results. Yeah. But it did. It did. Yeah, I guess when the movie called Fall comes out, doesn't make a sound. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh yikes. Yeah. It's uh and I and the funny thing is it's like you would think if you were a movie like Fall, just do a little bit of promotion and everyone's like, oh hey, it's new, I'll go see it, and nothing. Yeah. Well, uh it's not getting much better this coming weekend. Despite uh, a high advertising budget for uh, at least one of these movies. All right. So the next in, in the coming up this week in the box office, there's two main entrants. Uh, number one is the movie Beast. And um, Beast stars, if I can pull it up here. Idris Elba, obviously. Beast stars Idris Elba as a father of two teenage daughters who find themselves hunted by a massive rogue lion intent on prowling the savannah and has but one apex predator. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of a drama action horror type movie. And that's what we got there. Of course, starring Idris Elba. And the next release is Dragon Ball Super, Superhero. Yes, this is uh, an anime movie and uh, another one in the series there. Uh, Rob, uh, what do you make of this box office? Well, I think that um, Dragon Ball, just because of a built-in audience, will probably do pretty well. I would I would think it'd be in double digits at the very least for the first week. Um, like you said, beast has had like, I feel like every single movie I've gone to, I've seen a trailer for this movie Yeah, and like on TV and everywhere. I, mm -hmm. It's been very widely advertised. And I gotta say, eesh, this really doesn't look that interesting to me. I mean, the premise seems ridiculous and far-fetched and it's like like they're really trying to make this out to be like this big epic drama movie and i'm like really you just like it, it's a lion man <laughs> lions are, like lions are dangerous don't get me wrong lions are dangerous but like this lion that's just stalking you and like it's got him attempting to fist fight the lion and you but you don't understand it's like a super lion i guess <laughs> <laughs> like like the premise of this is so like ridiculous and far-fetched and like they really really rely on on trying to just throw a bunch of advertising dollars for people to go see this and maybe it works because there's nothing else to see i don't know little do you know this is the tie into prey and and the uh, apex predator is actually the predator. <laughs> yeah, it's like a two-part you know... movie. They only released the first part on streaming, and now the second part on <laughs> in the theater. Yeah, I just like despite all the advertising budget, I can't see this being that good. I really don't see it. I just don't get it. I don't know. Are you at all tempted to see it? I might see it i haven't i haven't been to the theater in uh in a couple weeks so 
Yeah. I have to go see something, so I, mm-hmm. I could see myself going to see this movie. Well, I expect a full, you know, breakdown in depth written content. Oh, yeah. Film for fans Definitely. website on this one. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do a we'll do a full half hour breakdown on it next week. all right well that's the box office coming out this week um if you haven't gotten any chance to see any of the bigger movies they're still out so go see those that's that's my recommendation for this week um next we'll move on to our discussion topics uh the first one we're going to talk about is what to do with the flash DC has kind of been all over the place for a long time now, and uh, it just seems like everything goes wrong for DC. Um, I think a lot of it is due to their own mismanagement. However, sometimes stuff happens, and Ezra Miller is what has happened to The Flash. Um, This dude's off his rocker. (laughs) basically to catch you up on this Ezra Miller has been um, taking a header off the deep end for quite a while now it's been actually this is a several year campaign on his part to uh, try and be as crazy as humanly possible Um, he's recently had a string of arrests um, for anything from breaking and entering to drug possession to assault uh there was a wellness check out that people sent out to a family that's supposedly living on his farm. Um, he has been accused on multiple occasions of grooming minors. Um, there's a lot going on with this guy. And um, it's, it's really, really, it's become very, very public and it's a huge uh, PR issue for DC and uh mainly so because they've really really put a lot of cash and a lot of backing in terms of the dc extended universe on the flash movie which is scheduled to come out next summer this is a 200 million dollar movie that they've produced and now they've got a toxic main actor Uh, so the story which we'll link to uh is talking about what dc is to do with this and basically there's kind of three scenarios that they lay out uh scenario number one is that um ezra miller seeks help gets treatment and will then apparently uh do limited press for the movies uh, we'll give some interviews that explain his erratic and strange behavior over the last couple of years to try and calm uh, the nerves as it was. And then he would do limited press for the movie and they just kind of run with the movie altogether. The second scenario, uh, which would be if he doesn't reach out for help, uh, Warner Brothers releases the film, but just has him do zero press whatsoever. And then they would potentially look to recast the role later. Uh, The third scenario is Ezra Miller keeps going off the deep end. Warner Brothers just kills the movie, which, I mean, that does not happen. You do not kill $200 million movies. Uh, So DC is in quite a bind. 
I mean, the CEO who did just take over Warner Brothers Discovery is the one who canceled Batgirl. Yes. And that was a $90 million budget movie. So we say this never happens, but that never really happened either. Yeah. So you have to wonder how far um, the studio is willing to go. And I just have to say this about Ezra Miller. If you want to get, uh, like, you can literally get a general idea of um, the craziness just by looking up pictures of this person. Yes. And and I and I am hesitant often to use to to delve too far into the the pronoun argument. But if anyone is deserving of giving themselves the pronoun they, I think Ezra Miller <laughs> has uh, certainly earned the right. <laughs> <laughs> because they are an insane person. Oh man, yeah, it's it's something else. Uh, now there was an update in the last day or so uh, that Ezra Miller is going to seek treatment. Um, how successful that's going to be remains to be seen. Uh, but at least at this point, that step has begun. Uh, but this is a real, real headache for DC. Um. What do you do with a movie that you've invested this much in and has so many so many people's futures invested in and have a absolutely toxic lead actor? I mean, this is this is way worse than whenever it looked like Tom Cruise was going off the deep end and they were just kind of stopped having him promote his own movies. Um, this is way worse than this. I mean, yeah. I feel like you can't just outright cancel the movie. Mm -hmm. There's too much invested in it. And I also wonder if you do that, uh, do you let the actions of one person destroy the ability to make money for however many hundreds, if not thousands of people are involved in yeah. creating a movie in the first place? Yeah. And that's the like, real, I, I really don't know when it, when you, when you go down the chain with, you see everybody's names in those credits like how much of that them being paid is directly related to if the movie comes out and does well mm -hmm. yeah 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 and there's so many people who worked on this film so many writers you know assistant directors producers uh so many people are heavily invested and put lots of work into this that have a, literally nothing to do with Ezra Miller and the behavior nothing and and to see their work tarnished and their work to go down in flames is is pretty crazy um I, I think of a similar thing that what happened with um I, I want to say it was a movie like Life of a Dog or something like that where there was all a controversy about how the dog one of the dogs was treated on mm. the film that led to like some really nasty uh, reviews and and it hurt the box office and it really really tarnished the the author of the book who had nothing to do with it but it really it really affected the the payday for the author and so that like this is why you got to choose better people for this stuff and and I think this this kind of gets to the core of what DC's problem is is they they continue to just make monumental mistakes at the top levels. I mean, they were really, really basing a lot of their the future DC universe on this particular film. Uh, apparently, it's been testing pretty well. Um, 
But when you make big mistakes on a regular basis, this is just another black eye for DC. Yeah, I mean, in general, I'm actually in, very intrigued by this movie, considering Michael Keaton is back. Yeah. And, as Batman and Batfleck is back as another Batman. And who knows if there are other Batman. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it could be. I mean, what did what did you make of Ezra Miller's performance as, as Flash so far? And he's been in three movies. You got Suicide Squad, Justice League, and uh, a brief cameo in uh, Dawn of Justice. Yeah, I think he's been uh, serviceable as the Flash. I don't think he's been amazing by any stretch but i think mm. he's definitely been able to hold up the role yeah um so it the the acting does not lead you to believe that they would be that kind of ridiculous person outside of that but i guess that's why it's called acting yeah but like i really like all the only thing i want in the entire world is for christian bale to be in this movie and jump through some portal and hit ezra miller with like his whole Batman suit and just go, I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. We need it. We need it. Uh-huh. That's, that's what you can do. Just tell him Christian Bale is going to be in the movie and he's going to do that scene. All, all is forgiven. All yeah. is forgiven. Yeah. Everything is great. It'll be the best movie of all time. Without yeah. a doubt. Instantly. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I mean, this this really just, I mean, there's already the talk that DC has no idea what they're doing, and to then have the tent pole of their upcoming thing have all these problems a year out, like this is this film doesn't come out for a year, and I mean, the the CEO, the new CEO incoming is having to make a lot of uh, big decisions very early on. So it will be interesting to see what happens with this. I'm guessing they're going to go with scenario number one, especially since Ezra Miller is apparently going to some kind of rehab. Um, we'll see. I, I, I find it very hard to believe that this movie is going to get scrapped completely. Yeah, I just don't see that happening either. Yeah. So I actually have um, another news story that was not in the show notes that I just read about. All right, just let's hear today. it. Um, so I don't know if you saw this, but Embracer, which is a company that has been mainly focused on video games, but also some movie things, bought the IP for Lord of the Rings today for $750 million. Really? And they stated in their press release that part of their goal is to potentially explore further movies centered around specific characters in Lord of the Rings. Mm. So Lord of the Rings cinematic universe, perhaps. Are they, I mean, Tolkien wrote insane amounts of content and backstories Mm. and are they going to base it kind of like Amazon prime supposedly is going to do a base it on some of the other backstories or is this just going to be completely new content? They say Uh, based on what they are saying, it's going to be based on the previous, like, uh, the previous books mm-hmm. um, lord of the rings series and the hobbit series um okay. the part of the reason why this was able to happen why it, you think about 750 million dollars does not sound like a lot of money um because the um the copyright for the ip is running down 
within the next 20 years, it will be public domain. Mm. So they want to basically milk it for as much money as possible while they still can. By the way, you should probably explain IP for anyone who is not familiar. So intellectual property, um, something that someone has created of their own that is not based on uh, somebody else's work. So it's IP because it's J.R.R. Tolkien's yes. original creation. Mm-hmm. And as such, you can't do anything with that unless you have purchased the rights to do it. Yeah. So it's kind of a big deal because it gives you the rights to make video games, to make movies, to make board games, to make coffee mugs, to yep. do whatever you want with it, basically. Yeah, it's uh, it's a big deal. There is um, you you hear more about this uh, often when it comes to music. Um, there was a big deal about Michael Jackson owning uh, the Beatles music for a very long time and mm-hmm. not letting anybody use it. Uh, so you do hear that tend to hear a lot about it and music, uh, not quite as much when it comes to uh, authors books and things along that nature. But yeah, that's really interesting. I'm fascinated to see where that goes. Yeah. Cause it, the, the fear is that things will get too watered down because yeah. a lot of people were not very happy with how the Hobbit series turned mm-hmm. out. And there are different reasons for that. But part of that was that people thought, um it was um not using the source material to the best of the ability that it could have been used yeah it was too extended yeah for sure for sure yeah that will be interesting um that's a pretty monumental move yeah so we'll see i i really don't know what a gandalf movie would be or mm-hmm or uh, a Sauron movie, or... <laughs> Gandalf has to be the first movie, right? Yeah, I would think so, if you do a standalone movie. Like, Gandalf is the linchpin. Mm-hmm. Has to go there. The Wizarding World of Gandalf. <laughs> Wizard. <laughs> Interesting, okay. I think there will be fireworks. Yeah, we'll definitely have to pay attention to where that goes. Yeah. All right, so for our next discussion topic, let's uh, we're going to do a little bit of a review of the summer movie season. Now, technically, uh, the summer movie season is not over. I usually use the essentially the boundaries of um, Memorial Day to Labor Day as summer movie season, uh, but there's some play in the joints on that one. Uh, but let's do a little bit of a, of a review. Um, and I just came up with the you know basic categories: best movie of a summer movie season, most disappointing movie from summer movie season, and just general thoughts around the entire season. Um, Rob, I'll start with you. Pick any one of the categories and and tell me what your thoughts are. So uh, I'm most disappointed in Beast because it hasn't come out yet. <laughs> um, all, no, right, I'm, all right, I, I obviously I. I think obviously the most disappointing movie is Morbius, mm. but I I didn't really have that high of uh, expectations for it. But I just think in general, as far as the reaction to it went, it's mm. most disappointing. Um, on a personal level, it I I didn't find many movies super disappointing. I'd say that I was slightly disappointed by both Doctor Strange and Thor. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, just because I think I had 
really high expectations for both, and I don't think they lived up to them. And I don't think either one of them were bad yeah. movies, but I don't think they were amazing movies. Well, so, so that's why I would say that they were my biggest disappointments. And I don't even think they were huge disappointments, but mm-hmm. they were just the two that I was looking forward to that didn't quite match up to what I was expecting. Yeah. And this is the thing. Disappointing does not mean bad. It doesn't like a good movie can be disappointing. Uh, and that's where I'm at. I, so my, my number one for disappointing is Thor love and thunder. I, I am. I'm just, I was disappointed when I left the theater. I was just like, okay, all right. Uh, but after having loved Ragnarok so much, it was disappointing that I didn't love Thor love and thunder. Um, so I do think in agreement with you, I think it was an underwhelming summer for Marvel in general. And um, it comes at a crossroads for them because we are post endgame. The it, the question is, do they have enough to sustain another phase? And um, the early entrants have not been especially promising. And I I still think it's an open question as to uh, whether this next phase of Marvel will actually be a success. I mean, people are still going to the movies. They're still making money. That's not an issue. Uh, the question just is the content and um, at what point the well runs dry. And and so to have a character like Thor who's still around and who and a director like Waititi that I love, I just didn't love this movie as much as I was hoping I would. All right, uh, go with uh, go with your best. What was your what was your best of the summer? So I think the best is, and I don't think it's necessarily up for huge debate. Top Gun Maverick. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. just I was uh, blown away by how good it was. Yeah. Um, I remember when we, we before it came out, we were we wondered aloud uh, extensively if there would be an audience for this. Mm-hmm. If it would just be people who had seen the first one who wanted to go see it. And then um, as the screening started to come out and reviews started to come out, um, it sounded like this was something um, unique and something um, that was surprising a lot of people and impressing a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say that when I saw it, my reaction was no different. Yeah. Um, I've I've seen a lot of Tom Cruise's movies. I, there's an argument. I, it almost sounds blasphemous, but I think there's an argument to be made. This is the best movie he has done, if not in the top three or four. Yeah. So I mean, it's up the there. fact that you can make that argument just tells you how good the movie is. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think anyone thought this would succeed to this degree. I mean, this has been in the theaters literally the entire summer. It's yeah, it's been in the theaters for three months. months. Yeah. Three months. And that's that's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And uh, yeah, there's there's absolutely no way it can be anything other than Top Gun. It just can't. Um, the movie succeeded beyond anyone's wildest dreams. Uh, the acting was great. The film was great. It was a perfect summer movie, you know, full of action and drama. And, you know, it was part of, it was a big movie. That's, that's the one thing you think about with summer movies, you think of big movies. And this, this absolutely was a big movie. 
Um, I think it also took advantage of, and this kind of leads us into our thoughts on the overall season. I think it took advantage of a relatively weak blockbuster summer. Um, as we talked about, there were some, there were some blockbusters. There were, you know, the two Marvel movies came out, but this one just stood out from the rest among quality and among interest. And I think the fans rightly rewarded it with, uh, with the crown. Yeah. On a personal level, I really um, enjoyed Elvis and Nope and mm-hmm. Ray. Yeah. Those were all good. I think for a smaller movie, I enjoyed the black phone as well. Mm. So I think, although there wasn't um, a ton of amazing blockbusters, I think there was a pretty solid variety of movies mm-hmm. that were good that came out yeah. over the course of the three months of summer. Mm-hmm. I, would also, um, I think I think if you no matter what kind of genre you're into, I think there was something that came out that was worth going to see. Yeah, I and I I, I would add Bullet Train into the list of movies I enjoyed this summer. Um, I I thought it was I thought it was quite good. Uh, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, probably last week on the on the podcast. Um, but that was one I was looking forward to that I really ended up enjoying. Uh, nope, surprised me. I, it was better than I thought it was going to be. And it didn't fall into the realm of like horror, <laughs> thankfully, because I don't really like it. Uh, but I was, I was pleasantly surprised by Nope. Um, I didn't get around to seeing Elvis. I might still be able to catch it at some point. Um, that was one I was really hoping to get to that I missed. Um, the one we haven't talked about is Jurassic World. Uh, that came out this summer. That succeeded. Um did you get a chance to see that one? I still haven't even seen it. I know. So. I didn't either. I missed it too. Huh. Somehow, somehow that happened. How did neither one of us get to see Jurassic World? Yeah, we're going to have to Redbox that soon, I think. Yeah, interesting. Uh, but overall, I was surprised, I think, by the amount of what I would call dead weeks. Weeks where you did not have a large release or or something that was mainstream. And it really surprised me because after the theaters were down for so long, there was all this talk about this backlog of movies. And yet the summer, feel, especially when we come to August and there's not much coming out this month at all. And you're just wondering, like, where are these movies? <laughs> why, why are there so many relatively empty weeks where you're just having a lot of small releases? Um, that was that was one of the things that that struck me about this season is just the number of what I would call dead weeks. Yeah, and I think Top Gun definitely profited from that mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, it it came out at the perfect time in the perfect season, and uh, and just rode a wave. And like we talked about earlier, like the lack of anything else in the box office brought Top Gun back into the top five. And yeah, it's, it's interesting and surprising. So I would say I, you know, for a number of years, I think I've enjoyed the fall movie season uh, a little bit better than summer blockbusters. Uh, But there is, there's something to be said about a big giant summer movie that you go to with your friends or you just, you know, you witness the, the massive action and this summer did provide some of that. Overall, I would say it's it's a good 
but not spectacular summer for the box office. Uh, how would you rate it? Yeah, I think that's fair. And like I said, I would say that I think there was a good variety of movies that came out that were quality mm-hmm. movies. So yeah, they were fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was a decent amount of uh, stuff for kids, which is always a big time for kids' movies since uh, kids are home from school. I have a number of releases on their front. We probably should say in the disappointing category, at least box office-wise, you have to mention Lightyear. Yeah. Which is kind of the first Disney flop, Disney Pixar flop. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to at least mention that in terms of box office numbers uh, that that uh, that took a hit. Uh, anything else on the summer season? Uh, just thing on a personal level, I thought Minions was pretty disappointing compared mm-hmm. to the level of some of the other movies that have came out in that series. Yeah. Yeah. I did not get a chance to see it, but uh, that doesn't surprise me. Um, they've made a number of those movies, and at some point you run out of material. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or at some point you just start rehashing the same joke. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me totally. Uh, okay. Next week, I'm hoping that we will do our fall movie preview. As nice. we're going to wrap up of the summer movies, we will do our fall movie preview. And keep in mind, folks... This was episode number 98. Oh, wow. 98. So uh, working on some plans for a a big episode 100, if we can pull that off. Fun. Uh, So be in store in a couple weeks. But next week, we're going to do a fall movie preview uh, and what movies we're looking forward to coming out this fall. Now let's move on to our watch list. Uh, Rob, what'd you watch this week? Uh, Nothing. (laughs) <laughs> okay okay well i've been i've been uh i didn't have a lot of time to watch very much this week so uh the time i did have i watched uh dexter and um westworld because i'm okay. watching it so yeah. i'm uh i'm not caught up on westworld yet I'm, I'm i'm still at the beginning of season four here yeah i'm only on episode seven um very much enjoying it so far yeah i love that show it's a great show as was Dexter, of course. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm in season five of Dexter right now. My uh, my dad just started watching Dexter, and uh, as inevitably happens, my mom was lecturing him from coming to bed too late because he was up watching Dexter and couldn't but... stop watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that show's a real killer. Yeah, it's a real killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to get at least one of those in. Yeah. So what did you watch this week? Uh, I watched The Outfit uh, with uh, Mark Rylance. This was out in theaters briefly. It was it was a more smaller release. It's currently uh, streaming on Peacock. And um, basically, it's the story of a tailor. Actually, he would say he's a cutter, not a tailor. This is a big deal to him in the movie. Uh, who owns a shop in Chicago in the 1950s. And his store kind of becomes a front for for various mob groups. And he's just kind of sewing in the background while um, mobsters basically come in and use his store as a drop box. Uh, But one particular evening, uh, there is a problem that emerges and uh, several of the mobsters are running from the law and hole up in his tailor shop. 
And what ensues next is a, a tense game of, um, it's almost kind of like a spy drama in which you're not sure whose side uh, Mark Rylance is actually on, what his role is, and you're watching him as he's playing the different sides of these gangsters as they're fighting back and forth with each other over these, uh, these stolen tapes. And it's a really, really intriguing movie. Like I said, it has a lot of the same classic things as you would get with like a Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy drama where you're watching, you're watching uh, the different sides. You're not sure who's, who's doing what or how. And uh, you're watching one character playing every side, but you have no idea what he's doing. And it, it takes a number of twists and turns. It's an excellent character story. Uh, so if you like that kind of thing, uh, I would recommend the outfit on Peacock. And Mark Rylance is always good. He is. He's a great actor. All right. You got anything else? I do not. Okay. Well, that is it for the Film for Fans episodes uh, today. Make sure you go to filmforfans.com and check out our content, including uh, an article that will be coming up on uh, the topic we talked about last time, which is what to watch on Hulu and HBO Max, as well as reviews of various movies. My Cold War list is up there and a bunch of other content. So check out filmforfans.com, like and share the podcast and tell your friends about it. Until next time, enjoy the movies.